Hello and welcome to From the Rookerend, a podcast all about following Watford Football Club. And we're outside the Hornet shop uh, after Watford. Nil, Preston, nil. Michael, in all the championship games we've seen this year, that yeah. was pretty high on championship values. Yeah, I mean, if you could distill the essence of the championship into a game... But a a championship game that didn't matter for either side, two middling championship sides, that's what you would have got there. We could have recorded this podcast before the game and talked about the action and and we got it exactly right. You know what I mean, that nothing happened. Nothing happened whatsoever. Watford were completely unable to break down an admittedly stubborn Preston North End. We know, you know, they started the season, I think, not conceding a mm. goal. Not conceding a goal. Yeah, nil-nil after nil-nil. So you know what you're going to get with them. Watford were not even able to get close to breaking that, that side down. It was a complete and utter non-event from start to finish. Watford looked devoid of ideas, devoid of spark, devoid of any hope. Um, from minute one to minute 96, it was for a team. For a, if you were watching that as a neutral, you would think, well, that's just a that's yeah. just a championship game with two okay sides who know how to put their boots on and kick a ball around, just sort of duking it out for 90 minutes. That is it. And what we needed today was some sort of indication that this is a side who's gearing up for a tilt at the playoffs and is trying to play themselves into form ahead of ahead of that, that, that playoff run and what did we get not quite the exact opposite because we didn't get rolled over but we're just speaking to speaking to John there couldn't break down a cardboard box and <laughs> yeah. with what we've got at our disposal that I'm afraid is accurate and is criminal Jason you know me Always trying to find out exactly why it is, not overreact too much. And I got a bit annoyed at the beginning of the game where everyone's shouting and screaming and worried about us not winning the goal and making a mistake in the first 10, 20 minutes. I agreed with them completely by the end of the game, of course. <laughs> um, but early on, I wasn't. I, I, we talked about Preston there. You know, we are coming against these, these teams and we were discussing in our WhatsApp group about what if we hadn't done well against all the top teams that we've done well against. We haven't done well against the, the lower down teams. That is such a team. Mike, so do, you, do you agree with Mike that it was we were bereft of any ideas or was it just we aren't set up to play great football against a team like that? Oh, some, of the, some of the decisions that we made baffled me somewhat. I think first half you have to give press and credit for being a team looking more likely and more willing to attack. I think they, they were using their wing-backs well, they were finding overloads... We just really struggled to do anything. Arouge struggled, I think, because we were pinging balls into his feet and he was just getting bullied off the ball every time. By the way, I've got a great question for Mike in a minute about Arouge. We'll get there. Okay, cool. Um, Second half, we were better. Second half, Billich made those two changes, which feels very un-Billich-like. And Esprit has come on and Esprit was a bit of a bright spark. We seemed to be able to move the ball quicker. One of the problems we have, and we've got this patient build-up, and the first half we were giving the ball away more often than not, more often before we even got near Preston's half, and always found ourselves on the back foot because of that. Second half, a little bit better, but then the lack of quality felt like it was up front. Talk about Preston sort of using their win-backs well, getting overloads down the outside. We rarely look like we have overloads. We've got great players out wide, apparently, yet we don't seem to give them options to be able to sort of play make these triangles and sort of play around the players out wide there was one occasion when we did and I can't remember, I think 
Brooks, Sarah had wandered across, Ken was there, someone else was there, and it looked like, I think it might have even been Pedro, and you thought, okay, we've got a chance here, we've got, we've got three on two, we can move the ball quickly out wide. Someone slung a ball into the box where Davis is in there on his own with three Preston players around him, and it's things like this, those sort of decisions, you look at it, and you think, why, why, why are you doing that? <laughs> what, what is the decision? Pedro's back heel, back yeah. back flick on the edge of the area with about five minutes ago. Yeah. Had a pass out wide, and he's doing that into a crowd of players. It just, it just sort of beggars belief. We talk about this great attacking talent. What they do sometimes and why they decide to do it just baffles me. We're, it, we're going to get to the why in a minute, but I, my, question, my, my question is, is Ray Menard better, equal or worse? <laughs> Menard worse than Arouge, is that what you're asking me? What, even bio? Look, I felt sorry for Arouge. He, he got beaten up and basically he didn't get a, he didn't get a look in. Look, he's obviously a decent footballer, he, but you need to play him in a particular way. He needs the ball at his feet in the penalty box. That's what he is. He's a goal poacher. You can see it by looking at him. He's slight, he's diminutive. I bet you, if you've got him the ball in the penalty area, an, an alien a concept that that is with watching Watford <laughs> at the moment, he would ask questions. But that is what he is. He's a poacher. He's, he's not going to win the ball and, and hold it up and drive on. We've seen enough of him already to know that. You can see that by looking at him. Yeah. You can see that by looking who he's up against. It is just... So I'm, I'm not going to be critical of him. He had an absolute stinker. But what did we expect of him? If you're Slaven Bilic and you look at the lineup as who you're going to come up against, a steadfast championship, the ultimate championship defence, if you like, who will be going... who will look to do the absolute Bailey. Win your home games, draw your away games. That is... Preston's DNA at the moment. Although it's actually ended up being the other way around since this season. I think they've, uh, my mate uh, from university is a Preston fan, and he said that they've actually won, I think, eight away games this season and only four at home. Well, so, yeah, all right. Go. Yeah, a, good, good result for Watford then. <laughs> but no, you've got to think, it's, and it felt like a neat, it felt like the right reaction because Davis had such a poor game at Sheffield United last night, and I think everyone, no one was surprised when he saw Arouse playing. But it was obvious it wasn't going to work almost from minute one because as Jason just um, articulated there Watford cannot at the moment cannot unlock defences they cannot play to strength they cannot get it find any space they cannot earn the space so for a player like Arouge he is just going to struggle and it was probably no surprise that he came off at half time but I don't think I'm willing to, to make it about him at all. I don't think it's his fault at all. I think what it highlights, Watford are completely inept when it comes to scoring goals. They have got the, the equivalent of the yips. They're, whether it's overpassing it, overthinking it, they are not giving opposition goalkeepers anything to think about. Anything at... You know, a bit, bit of creative licence. But nothing is happening up there. So what my question is, you've had a week to work on, on this, this team together. We know the, the team is, is healthy, it's fit. You've got loser back, who, and, and Billich alluded to it. We don't have to bring him up after 60 minutes anymore. Pedro's fit. Davis has had a, a rocket after his performance on Saturday, so you're expecting a reaction from him. We've got Arouge to come in. We've got Ismail Assar. We've got Jao Pedro. What on earth is happening in the week for a performance like that? It's limp. It's insipid. And if you're serious about getting into the playoffs, that, I'm afraid, is it's absolutely pathetic. So why? 
why is it this way? And I think it's not too far for us to have a look at Mr. Bilic. Now, I never, never want this podcast to be a reactionary podcast, to, to think that the world is ending and to, to lay blame at one person. But the conversation that we've been having on that WhatsApp group is, if we'd lost today, Mike, you said he, he, he's gone. We didn't lose today, but it still feels, Jason, like he's probably going to go. Now, do you see that, Jason, more from the point of view of what you're seeing is so, so bad and any manager doing that with the players that he has at his disposal? Or do you think of it more as it's the sort of thing that Gino would do? Can I just check? We, we talk about the WhatsApp group quite a bit. Can I just make sure we haven't leaked any of these to a journalist <laughs> who's going uh, <laughs> to put the press? Anyway, <laughs> um, I, mean, I mean, you could... You could just sum it up as we have, we do have great attacking talent. What is the manager telling them to do? Surely, surely we can get something out of these players. And the players that we've bought in, in terms of defence now, I think we're, we're happy with the defensive players that we've bought in. Craig had a slightly off return, but and, that was and, a return. Well, we so. could talk about, uh, yeah, I'm happy to talk about Craig and, okay. and my, my references to him uh, in, in a bit. Um, but it, it just, yeah. I talked about the fact that sort of bad decision making is that because that's the way we've been told to play the fact that we're trying to play out and we don't seem to be capable of doing that the fact that we're not creating overloads where we need them to to support our attacking players and that in theory comes down to the manager now I, I, I hate the fact that we are talking about changing manager again mm. because we just feel like we're a parody yeah. of ourselves because we just keep doing it and doing it and doing it we've got unfortunately we've got a perfectly good example of getting rid of a manager recently who seems to be doing all right with the club that he's now gone to and, and seems to be uh, forging a path to the playoffs. So, yeah, we talked before as well about culture in the club and, and, and does that need to change? Sacking a manager doesn't do it. But then how else, How do we get a tune out of these players yeah. if we don't change it? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough nut to crack, but we've got there. We, we've got to this point just by the sort of mismanagement of it all from the last well we talked about it before from the cup final isn't it it still comes down to poor recruitment poor decisions at the top level and and now you're at a point where you you you, if you want to get to the playoffs you probably are gonna have to roll that dice and 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 second manager but there's no i mean we, we could just as easily end up petering out with a new manager as if we don't change it because you know you look what Billich was brought in to do Mike he was brought in to make us feel a little bit more robust a little bit more championship like Um, he did it for a bit and has done it at times but generally he really feels like in some way when you look back which I've been doing today you know it doesn't feel like he's truly done the job he needs to us for what he's brought in to do no and is he the man to the job that is needed now? We're, we're no further on than we were. We, you know, let's be honest, we were, we were asking questions about Rob Edwards when there didn't seem to be any discernible star, there didn't seem to be any discernible bound, leaps and bounds going forward. We didn't look like the team that we expected to be early in the season. And that's continued under, under Billets. It started with a bang with the, with the Stoke result. We, we beat Luton comfortably here and that was a, a decent performance. But really, that's it. They are the two highlights of the of the Billage era, two, in a season where we're supposed to be either challenging for the top two or then at least building up ahead of Steve the playoffs. It's nowhere near good enough. The form since the the um, World Cup break has been dire. What have we won? Four games. 
since then and and, and yes you, there's a massive caveat of the injuries it was horrific we can't forget that we can't forget how many high level players that we were without it was it was it was eye watering it was madness who we were who we were missing so there is a caveat that but Every, everyone has injuries to deal with and, and, and you look for a bit of how do you react in adversity then and we did see that to a degree at Norwich so fair play there but how do you then how do you react from that do you build from the Norwich game what do you do what have you got from then on and we've just seen nothing and obviously some of the it's the players that cross over the white line at the end of the day and you, there'll be questions amongst Watford fans about virtually every player that's played for Watford this season in terms of quality commitment application um, so no Watford player will escape um, without being questioned, I don't think, by, by the Watford fans, and probably rightly so. But ultimately, the man who's in charge, and, and you can tell Jason's reticence to talk about, and yours, John, about talking about getting rid of Bilic, because none of us want to have that discussion. But we're in that position because it happens. We know we have to discuss it because we know what Gino does. We know how Gino thinks, and there is just an enough evidence to suggest that it is a very real possibility that he is now under serious, serious threat, especially after a performance like that. And it's just so, so disappointing. I mean, and, and Jay said, we, we're here again. That word's come up. The season hasn't finished and we still might get into the playoffs and we still might do something. You never know. But Jason has raised the question again and we have to talk about it. And it's culture. What has gone wrong so badly for this side to be so disjointed? so consistently inconsistent so consistently uninspiring unthreatening uninteresting what has gone wrong for them not to be desperate to pull themselves up by their bootstraps regardless of all the other bad stuff that happened regardless of a managerial change regardless of um, the injuries why aren't they saying come on let's battle we can get to the Premier League we've got the quality hit we're not seeing any of that mm. and if we are it is in the minutest of, of, of windows of very, really small bursts so why is that? Why are players not giving absolutely, you know, busting their, their proverbials out there on the pitch? Because they're evidently not. They're not. And why is a manager not able to get um, a tune out of them, as Jason said? Why are the managerial appointments continuing to be incorrect? Why is it going wrong so patently, obviously? The, the bottom line is, can you remember the last time when you were genuinely off your seat watching Watford? apart from an isolated incident there is no there is no momentum with this side there is no belief there's nothing for us to cling on to as as football fans Watford continue to do tremendous work off the off the pitch and I continue to be deeply deeply proud of the good good people doing good good things at this football club so it's not the but but the team what is being delivered on the pitch is substandard and it's continually so it's we're getting ever diminishing returns from an ever diminishing squad and you have to sort of question why and it goes back to the top I mean it, Gino hasn't been here I don't think since Christmas there's been no sign of Gino here so whether he's I don't know why that is does that make it more likely for for Billich to go I don't know does it does it indicate he's losing interest I don't know I doubt it it's probably some logistical reason why he hasn't been able to to get over but there is something amiss when you've got the array of, and then Jason said it earlier, supposed talent, because there isn't much materialising from him. But when you have got that squad list to choose from and you're seeing what we saw today, 
then there is there are problems um, and they don't look like they're being fixed anytime soon and we know what the answer is Gino's answer is when things aren't going well he's a he's not a gambler in the truest sense of the word but he's bet so far this season he's bet on red it's come up black he still needs to win the jackpot this season I think to get to be for Watford to be comfortable so what's a gambler going to do when he's still got a little bit of money in his back pocket the casino's still open he's going to roll the dice again that rolling the dice manifests itself in changing the manager. So I just wouldn't be surprised if, if Billage gets his cards after that. So let's not, let's not only go down that route in this conversation about is he going, should he go. Let's talk about actually what is needed to happen. If you had, Jason, this squad of players, is it purely down to decision-making or is there something more you could get for them? And if what would you try and do with them? I, I, I talk about culture again and, it, and it's hard to know what's sort of going on behind the scenes but you feel yeah, there is something not quite right and, it, and you just I think from what I know just as a fan in the stands it it must be around the, the, the managerial changes because what what I mean let's look at it really short term let's look between now and the end of the season so 11 games left something like that are those games to try and get something from it to if you're going to roll your dice, be it roll it in terms of what your your strategy that you've chosen, and keep Billich, or roll the dice and, and get somebody else in. What more could you do with that Watford team? Well, not more could you. What would you do with them? That <laughs> no, that that's a tough question. That is a tough question. What what would I do with that team? Because like we said, it we've got the players there. We've got the players that should be good enough to be challenging. It should be good enough to be challenging but for is automatic promotion. Just too slow. Just too slow? Well, tell, oh, yeah, let, let me put it to you, Jace. Let me put it to both of you, in fact. Yeah. What I think is they are trying to be too... And it's fluid. I mean, and they look anything but fluid. But if you look at their positioning, it's, it moves... And Yes, OK, Semmer and, and Saar switching flanks makes sense. But how often are they coming deep? Really deep to pick up the ball. How often is Pedro coming deep, picking up the ball, trying to drive on and losing the ball not making things happen so are we rigid enough in our formation are the players been given too much license these so-called brilliant players are they given too much license because we think they're good enough to turn these games demonstrably they're not because they've had the opportunity virtually all season to do it and very rarely have they been the difference so if we had to sit down and speak to someone you know if we were asked on an opposition podcast what do you think you're going to get in terms of formation and style of play from Watford are we able to say well you're going to see him pop up here him what we're able to say is what you'll see is them floating around and looking vaguely okay on the ball but is there a set formation is there a set Set of set of tactics that we are drilling into these players to get the best out of them because I would argue there isn't. So well, well then perhaps it comes back to what I was saying before about the fact that we see opposition teams, Preston have done today, get overloads in wide areas. There's a simple, simple phrase in, in terms of play, how you play football: is defend narrow and attack wide. Does it feel like we attack wide? Perhaps that's what we need to do. We need to attack wide. There you go. And we, we did have some evidence of that in the. Uh, in the second half, we, we playing Ken at left back. I think was a was a positive move because, yeah. and he wasn't really playing left back because he was up and supporting Sema, uh, um, supporting Saar, Saar maybe coming inside. Sema then sort of being able to attack on the outside, and and at times it worked, at times it didn't. Spreer coming on looked good, it caused problems again. Sort of starting with the ball on the touchline, 
and then sort of cutting his side. He caused him lots of problems. Can whether I just say, Jay, so yeah. as, as you said, Espria, he literally he turned walked, up over your left. You. So if you could say three points in the next game, three <laughs> in the next game, and see if you can manifest that as well, that would be that would be great. But go on, carry on. Carry oh yeah, so he didn't. He, he was going into the box earlier, but now he's going into the Hornet shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and again, it was he was picking the ball up sort of where he's most dangerous, where he was picking up from sort of the touchline and cutting inside and, and, and causing players that were causing us problems in the first half, causing them problems in the second half. So, yeah, it, it's a simple game, isn't it? Football, didn't someone say that once? And, and yeah, defend narrow, attack wide. So, That's what I would so do. Because, so, <laughs> so, so, these about the, so, is it about the choices of the, the players he's picking? Is it the fact that he is trying to fit everybody in and the best way to play those players, as you said, Mike, is to give them a bit of free licence, make them a little bit interesting to, to watch, but actually that doesn't work against hard-grafting teams like, like Preston. Is it? Does someone need to be dropped and actually us go, you know what, a Rouge and Davis up top? Well, my, my question for you, for both of you guys, and it is, are, the, we, are we being disciplined enough? Is Billets being disciplined enough in terms of asking these players what to do? Uh, it's, this is, these are your roles. Do them. I think he's. I think he is to certain one, but not to others. I think the defence he has been, and that's actually been a, a positive yeah, but, for and us. That's, and that's fine because defensively but, we we look we look okay. Although I do think Porteous was a little bit lucky today that Preston <laughs> broke, and I think he brought the guy down. The ref said he got the ball. Oh, I don't think he got much of the ball. That could have been. So I think look defensively we're fine. Chowdhury, we know what you're gonna we're mm. gonna get from him. Loser was he deployed correctly today? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, Jace. I no, I don't. I don't think we got the best out of losers today. That might be the fact that he. He's slowly coming back into yeah. the to the side, um, but you just yeah. And again, and, and okay, perhaps this is another thing. Move the ball quicker. And again, we've sort of spoken about this before. But could it be get these players wide, give loser the ball in that sort of quarterback role, let him ping one out to, to whoever's got space out wide. Yeah. I, but is, is that too simplistic? I don't know. The, the trouble is what we are doing now. John's asking us questions. And all we're doing is asking questions yeah, back because back. we got to the point where no one seems to know. I mean, Thank goodness they, we're not managers of Watford Football Club. But, 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 but they, are, they, are, they have, they have they've paralysed themselves as an attacking mm. threat. Yeah. They have completely nullified themselves. And it's, we've just tied ourselves up in knots. And, you know, XG for Watford games must be 0 point whatever. It's just going to be vanishingly small in each, each, each passing week. And I just wonder whether... I mean, I was going to say, I wonder if they're being wasted. Obviously, they're being wasted because we're not working keepers. We're not working defences. How many defences are coming away from playing Watford go, well, we, got, we, we kept them at Bay, lads. Well done. Well, what a performance. What a steadfast defensive performance. None. No defences are saying that because Watford just aren't asking questions. So my, I just can't help feel that they're not drilled enough and we are not asking enough focused performances from our players I don't think they there are defined roles for these guys other than go out there and do your stuff and that's fine when potentially you're Manchester City but they, but we know that that's not the case with Man City one of the best teams on earth and you ask a player they could write a 20,000 word thesis on what Pep Guardiola expects of them what how many of our lot would be able to to do that mm. not not many and it just feels like and looks like a mess. 
it looks like we've gone into the kitchen we've got all the lovely julep mixers and stuff we've got the new kitchen in we've got all the um ingredients from from waitrose or all the best shops we've got the best ingredients the best kit and we've just gone right okay i'm sure something will taste nice after this and it doesn't because there's no plan there's no recipe and it's, it's just a it's just a mess all we ended up with is the bloody washing up let's talk to some of those players defensively uh, Mike uh, Cascar as I mentioned earlier on sort of coming in clearly a man who hasn't played a lot of football yeah. for a while but I'm assuming pick because he's Craig Cathcart yeah and you know Craig very very rarely lets Watford down and, and fast becoming the opinion he's one of Watford's best ever signings in terms yeah. of what, what he's <laughs> given to us over over the course of his Watford career but I think he was as guilty as everyone today of just looking off the pace misplaced passes everyone had a few today Craig Cathcart included playing out of position of course we know he's a he's a centre back he's filled in um, on that right back position before and, and done admirably he, he kind of if you like summed up the malaise that Watford found themselves in someone who is usually seven seven and a half out of ten was probably five and a half six out of ten as as were the rest of them not going to dig him out he was on a par with with everyone else uh, I didn't, I'd say I didn't mind seeing him on the team sheet at the start of the game playing as right back. Yeah. We presume that's where he was going to be because he's done it before and he's done it competently enough. And, and in fact, you said, John, he put in a lovely ball in the first couple of minutes, didn't he? Yeah, Craig Cathcart, then, wing back. And then, and then after that, yeah. <laughs> and nothing happens. And it's sort of the, uh, the denouement, I think, it was the, uh, the air shot yeah. in mm. the box, which I said to you before, John, kind of reminded me of uh, the time in my brief. Sunday league career before I decided I liked Lions and five-a-side football better. Um, I, I used to play right back and I was moved up to, to right wing for a, a cup game once and I did the same. I made a great run into the box and then the ball went completely between my legs. What Craig didn't do that I did on that, on that day was I also put the ball over from about two yards out uh, and I missed a back post header from a corner that the ball actually ended up coming off my knee and out for a goal kick and then I got subbed off. I wonder, how, I wonder how many of these Watford players will uh, realise tomorrow that they prefer Lions and five-a-side football. I think guys are judging today, quite a few of them. Um, the rest of, the, um, you know, the rest of the, that back four did what we've sort of done. You know, mentioned Porteous uh, riding the tightrope a little bit there. Yeah, um, loving though. Yeah. What, what a great addition, and and Wesley Hurt as well is you know it's what what we've needed. The frustrating thing is. Where are these guys in the why, why, where are these guys in the summer? Why aren't we getting these deals over the line in the summer? And you, you start the season with a with a decent, competent looking backline, and it's a it's a different it's a different different game, isn't it? You, it just gives you that extra level. Where were they in the summer? I think that defensively we look okay. Mm. We look equipped. Oh, yeah, to we deal get with a clean sheet. Yeah, yeah, we look equipped to deal with the championship, which is what you know. If you're going to challenge in this division, the least you should look like is equipped. We finally, and the fact that we're talking about it now as a sort of tick with 11 games to go is, is vaguely depressing, really. But, yeah, in, in terms of, I thought James Morris, un, unlucky to be hooked at half-time, but was done because obviously something needed to change. And like you say, John, Slavin Bilic, not known for making prob- many game-changing substitutions in his time at, at Watford. A lot of people questioning his, his in-game management and ability to turn things around. Take it, he, I thought he did do well today to make those changes and they did have an impact so James Morris I think continues to James Morris continues to um, improve and become more of a, a first choice left back quite frankly for, for, for Watford so defensively I, I, you haven't got any complaints from me today Attacking wise then are we giving anybody a, a score of over six? 
you could probably you could probably give them eight for commitment and five and a half for execution maybe <laughs> it's just it is it is unlocking unlocking Watford's attack is is the massive massive thing defensively we're fine we know what we've got in midfield we have to you know we've got a conundrum we didn't think we had now with Imran Loser he wasn't playing that quarterback role today mm. really and that, that's where you'd say that he's going to be best is sort of slinging the ball around or a bit quick quick nimble footedness to earn a bit of space and then to and then to pick his pass he was misdeployed today and I think that just added to our, our, our attacking woes you know they're not not trying we no. know that's not the case they're professional footballers who, who, who want to deliver but it is not coming off in, it coming, getting anywhere near close to coming off you can't even really rate them in terms of how they perform because the attacking threat by and large there were a couple you know Ismail Hassar had that um, snatch shot which he potentially should have done better Pedro had a long range effort but shots let alone goals shots are becoming events for Watford supporters oh, do you remember that time where we nearly <laughs> made the keeper make a save and I'm, I'm only I'm not really joking I mean he made one didn't he second half was that early sh- chance from Pedro yeah, and that's yeah, the yeah. only one I can remember. Certainly, second half. So to to rate them, to rate the, the the attackers is is almost a misnomer. I don't think it's appropriate to do it. Such is the the, the whole attacking. If you, if your cars are if you, if Watford are a car, the front axle has completely seized up. It has completely seized up, and where the WD40 is, no one seems to know. Well, no, no, the WD-18 is. <laughs> <laughs> WD-40 at WD-18, yeah. Uh, so, it's... Look, think it's, 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 worth, a, it's worth finishing the podcast, Mike. It's a, it's a mess. <laughs> it, it really is a, it's a mess. And look, we, we talked in the week, actually, about saying, well, is that what we just saw today? It's probably, over the, over the, over the entirety of Watford's history, it's probably about... Uh, pretty high in where we are on average sort of duking it out in the in the in the middle of the championship and if you look back over if you average out Watford's entire history these sort of games are going to be the majority of it and I do wonder whether there's a part of us that needs to just say well that is what it is that's fine that's what we need to be getting used to I think that's a conversation for another yeah, day yeah. and I think it's what what's disappointing about that is that I think that the, Jason mentioned culture earlier and there's, there's, the culture and legacy and future are three words that I think about. And I think the legacy that we had from getting into the Premier League, looking competitive, looking like we were getting that. And remember saying it, we're getting incrementally better. We're yeah. going to attract incrementally better players and we will be able to incrementally grow. Well, we're incrementally going in the opposite direction and have been doing for quite some time. And those increments are getting bigger. And you, get, you will find ourselves stuck in a, in a bog in a malaise that is very, very, very difficult to shake off before too long, if we're not careful. So that it all comes back to what happens next. And I think there needs to be a short, sharp shock of some description. That, that's what I think Gino will think. And I think we know what, what form that will take. It's, it's kind of dispiriting in, in many ways because we thought this season was going to be a lot better. We're, we're running out of time seeing these players that we've got. It's going to be a vastly different Watford side next season, whatever division we're in. So we're seeing some of these supposedly better players for the last few times here at Vicarage Road. And it feels really sort of unsatisfying and a bit 
disappointing. But then there's a part of me that thinks, well, we are we're home. We are at the championship. We're in the championship. We're at the level where we're probably going to end up, whether we like it. I'm not saying that's where we aim to be. I'm not saying that's what we ex- should accept. I'm not saying that's what we, we shouldn't hope for better. But the reality is what we've seen today is probably closer to the future than the, the, the games you see on the big screen before the, the game, unless something changes in terms of culture and then unless something changes very, very quickly on the pitch. Thank you, Jason. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Michael. No worries, we all stayed awake. It wasn't too cold, it's bright, it's not, it's not raining. Um, we're off to the basketball now. Yeah, come on, let's go Hemelstorm. Um, if they lose, yeah, I'm not even going to say it. But look, look it, we've, this has been a really, really doom and gloom podcast. It's been very rare that I think we've been all so universally flat and sort of despondent and, and just so uncertain and unsure. And I think that speaks volumes, really, that we haven't been able to... It's, it feels slippery yeah. and it feels like it's slipping away from us this season and we can't put our finger on it and... Is it Slav's fault? Is it the players' fault? Is it Gino's fault? The, the, the answer is it's probably all three. This is the flattest we felt for a long time. The reality, of course, is we are four points from the playoff, which isn't unsurmountable. The reality is there are players there who can turn it on. Of course, we've been saying this all season, we've been waiting for this team to click. If they just do this, if they just do that. that so it might still happen. It's not The season isn't gone yet. So... I'm going to try and enjoy it and make, make the most of it. And let's try and do that as a, as a fan base as well. It is so, so difficult. And it's up to, I do believe it's up to the, the team to lift us as opposed to the other way around, especially as it's been the way it's been going. But it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Despite the tone of this podcast, um, I'm frustrated, I'm exasperated, I'm worried. But it ain't over yet. We're still in there. We're still in with a chance. Let's see where we end up. Let's see what happens and where we end up. And as they stuff their faces with chips... And Chicken Nuggets, Arlo and Eli will do their best to unflatten our mood by going a massive, huge, come on you horns. Come on!